What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Thursday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and that $20 bill still flapping in the studio air from Hooksy and Will Wilson. It's just waving at me. See, and I asked him if it was Screaming to be spent at the bar. They said, oh, well, it's, it's Hooksy. Hooksy won it. He's going to come. Are we just he doing claimed it. double or nothing forever like you and I do our steak and beer beds? <laughs> it's double or nothing Never either you or me takes it. Ever to be collected. It's <laughs> <laughs> just an ongoing, eh, one again. Okay. We are just smiling today. First and foremost, it's a Brandon Vogel Thursday with Hale Varsity. We'll talk some ball with him, get his take on Casey Rogers and uh, Case uh, went to to uh, social media to, to say uh, thank you over and over to to the Nebraska faithful. Kind of uh, lay out his reasons. I think that was around eleven eleven thirty today. So uh, just uh, you know, a thank you is he's moving on. So uh, Vogue's take on that really good mailbag on you know the the tone setter that is Ireland that is Northwestern. We'll dive into that shortly. For Nebraska football, numbers to dial up at 466-3776 or 800-825-5865. May 13th, day-by-day premieres part one of the documentary. That's at the Rococo Theater. Uh, We saw uh, a lot of behind the scenes of this out in Boulder with some of the production and uh, the work done. It's going to be incredible for all Nebraska fans. uh, We'll spend some time on that film uh, with Coach Tom Osborne. Coach uh, will be with us in one hour. Gary Barnett with us in hour two. And then get your NBA uh, gambling going. Uh, Burks, best bets. Danny Burks, some insight uh, from the NBA. And watched a little bit of the Net Celtics last night. Couldn't believe what was going on uh, with that, uh, that, that finish. So... Uh, that's where we're at. Yeah, the, the, the net stars. I mean, Kyrie and KD four were just for, Four for 17. I, I probably couldn't get the four, but I could take the 17 shots. I, I couldn't go 18 to 20 from the free throw line. I believe, but I believe KD specifically was scoreless from the field in the second half with four turnovers. Yeah, he, he wasn't good. And in just four rebounds, uh, that, that was a little rough. So, Coach Osborne will air that interview coming up at 5, and uh, Coach Barnett coming up at, at 5.25. The the news to get into, though, is on the hardwood. It's basketball, and it's Alabama transfer Jawan Gary. Uh, good stuff from Jacob Padilla uh, with the Instagram side of things. Gary committing to Nebraska. Now, he averaged uh, 6.5 points, almost uh, 3.5 rebounds last year in uh, – 15 minutes or so, uh, started 16 games for the Crimson Tide. He's a four-star kid out of South Carolina. Uh, big athleticism and could be a difference maker defensively for Nebraska 6'6", 
uh, and uh, the wingspan is uh, emphatic, 6'11", wingspan, 220, and he can, he can defend power forwards as a, as a small forward, but that's a nice get for Nebraska. Uh, he is kind of an attitude guy. He's a boxer-outer, if that's a word, and also a guy that can shoot, but he's not you know, a black hole when it comes to catching the basketball and just launching from wherever. He only took about five, six shots a game, but his rebounds were, were pretty nice. And you look at uh, about eight, nine minutes of contest is what he averaged, and he was giving you about four rebounds. So you'll take that in the Big Ten, Elijah, and it's a good get for Nebraska. And what's most impressive about him is uh, he's doing that rebounding in a six foot six frame, and he's really effective on the offensive glass specifically because um, he's going to be a guy who's most likely going to be matched up on another team's three. And with that size and weight advantage, he's probably going to have uh, it, it's going to help him a lot. He had a, uh, an effective offensive rebounding rate, a little over ten percent uh, in his time at Alabama, which means he is getting on the offensive glass essentially one out of every ten times the ball goes up. Uh, he's out there grabbing offensive rebounds. So uh, that, that's what he's going to bring. And I think it's good to see Hoiberg going away from his model of just bringing in as much offense as he can and hoping you're going to go out score teams in the Big Ten. This this is a guy who is is built on effort uh, with his rebounding, with his defense, uh, pretty effective from inside the three-point line. It's another change of paces. We don't have a guy who's necessarily a lights-out three-point shooter. He's probably not going to be taking many three-point shots unless he makes some serious strides. Unless there, the but, shot clock is dry, winding down, right? But he is on his career at Alabama shooting a little under 60% from two, uh, which is uh, very nice for the Huskers. It's, it's a pickup, and it's in an area. I mean, all these things we're talking about, rebounding, defense, and being able to, to convert his shots from inside the three-point line are all things that the Huskers have struggled with during the past couple of years. So maybe addressing a need, addressing something that the Huskers haven't had much of in the past couple of years. So Big Red gets uh, a big body and a guy that can really uh, bring some toughness to their, uh, their, their roster here. Good get for Fred and company. To football we go and love the Hale Varsity mailbag, HaleVarsity.com. They do it and uh, post it every Wednesday. And let's dive into the uh, upcoming trip to Ireland. And my passport came in the mail yesterday, so I am good to go. Uh, excited for that. We'll see uh, where Nebraska's at as things are in flux with portal and may 1st and all those things are going to be key for nebraska with trying to replenish not only the casey rogers departure but also get some experience and some talent on the line of scrimmage Uh, defensively uh, you look at nebraska and uh, with this setup uh, of ireland it's a uh, (laughs) it's a situation where you want to get off on the right foot that's obvious you remember the feeling and kind of the vibe, right, um, with how Illinois went last year. Not only did you lose to Illinois, but just how that game really shook out, it was uh, a bit rough uh, for Nebraska. And uh, it doesn't put everything season-wise in ink, but it's a lot easier to have momentum, right? And, and that's the thing that's avoided Nebraska for, for quite a while has has been early season momentum uh, between thunderstorms and lightning and comeback wins by Colorado. You have a, a reality and an opportunity like, traveled across the pond for it, but it's a team that you feel good about that you drilled a year ago, different team for Nebraska, but 
just from a mentality standpoint, Elijah, it's it's an issue uh, right now with Nebraska fans when it comes to optimism. It's an issue with Nebraska fans when it comes to just how they feel. It is wait and see. And you want to buy in and think things are going to be all right. I think the changes will be for the better for Nebraska football. So my beer's half in, my half full. Let me, it's half full that things will be better next year, and it needs to be immediate. But I think they can get it done. I think they can get bowl eligible. I think they can thrive and, and challenge for the West. That's kind of blind faith right now. But I think with some of the additions they have, and I know the defense is – is uh, there's some some freak out going on uh, based on you know Casey Rogers, but overall I think things could be okay for Nebraska, but it's so so critical to get that first win week zero in conference in your own division and go beat a team that you're probably better than and going to be favored over. Uh, make it happen, and and right now uh, Nebraska fan right now is is just paused when it comes to. The momentum, the hype, the Kool-Aid, whatever, at least many, maybe it's the vocal minority, but many of you are just like kind of wait and see with the, the mindset and mentality because you have new players, you have new coaching staff, and it's not an easy trip across the pond against a team very well coached in Pat Fitzgerald. Yeah, and, and thank you to, to Sal Vasta for this mailbag question. This is a good one, and I, I think uh, it's something you and I have been thinking about a, a lot here, Schmitty, because Nebraska has been terrible starting the season in every season under Scott Frost. Well, I mean, and, and, I mean, and, and, the, the, the canceled game against Akron wasn't great, but then you go and you blow a lead against uh, Colorado in Scott Frost's first game. And then you fast forward to 2019, Nebraska ekes out a win against South Alabama in which you needed uh, a pick six. I think it was by Eric Lee, as well as a punt return touchdown by J.D. Spielman in that game. That's your two-score difference. You win 35-21. So, so you need those plays that traditionally Nebraska hasn't been making uh, during the time here. But let's also not forget South Alabama was a 2-10 and team that year. Nebraska ekes out a win against them in 2019. In 2020, you start off the year encouraging first quarter against Ohio State, but then the final three quarters, you really get steamrolled and end up losing 52-17. to And then last season, you have that disappointing result against Illinois where uh, you, you weren't ready for what defense they rolled out with, some some embarrassment throughout Husker Nation. You lose by 8-30-22. So Nebraska has not had a good start to the season under Scott Frost, and I, I don't believe there is reason to think that's going to change in 2022. However, this gets to the heart of the question. If Nebraska does go and win in Northwestern, I think it means there is a lot more talent on this team. I think it means Scott Frost is starting to learn from his mistakes he's been making in the early season. It means book Indy. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But what it does mean is you, you have success. <laughs> okay? You have it, and you can run with it, and you can move forward with it. Fan psyche. I mean, it's been ongoing. We'll talk to Vogues about this, and maybe he can answer the the, the question that Trev didn't have an answer for or has no clear way to unlock. Why are the women's programs killing it and the men's programs struggling? We'll, we'll dive into that with Vogues as well. But you have minimal hype. Uh, you're, you're waiting for something bad to happen. And optimism, depends on what fan you bump into, can be hit or miss. And, and the, the psyche is prove it for for Nebraska football. Now, I think this, I think you'll know how things are going to go for 2023 
based on the end of October of 2022 mm-hmm. because you have kind of that deadline that was put out there with the restructuring by, by Trev. And quite honestly, I think you've got better help. You've got better help for, for, for Scott. And that is an experienced offensive coordinator. That's uh, an offensive line coach that um, we don't know a ton about other than he's a Riola, so that's, that's a good thing. And you have a situation with Mickey Joseph that is just absolutely a killer at recruiting. And, oh, by the way, he's a hell of a good coach. So I think all of those things, on top of Applewhite with the running back situation, uh, I think you can be all right. You can be okay. But Nebraska fans, when it comes to Ireland and the tone that is set, it is absolutely crucial. And it is your mulligan, right? It is your mulligan off the tee box with a chance to beat a, a team that is very beatable uh, to get a win in the column in the Big Ten West and then get a win in the column for the following week with North Dakota. I mean, just start getting downhill, not only figuratively, but literally with your run game, but get downhill in a great way with some momentum and some confidence building. And that's the biggest thing with this football team is – They've had their confidence rocked and shocked too many times to count in different instances and in different seasons. Yeah, and this might seem like a, a cop-out answer, um, but how it's phrased, the question in the mailbag is, if Nebraska loses against Northwestern, they're not going to make a bowl game. And I think that's a, a little bit far. If Nebraska goes and wins Northwestern, I, I think that means really, really good things for Nebraska's season moving forward. But I, I don't think a loss against Northwestern is a nail in the coffin where the season's going to be made or, or, or lost. Where, where, where the, the bread is being cooked, if you will. Or baked. Baked, whatever. You know what I mean. <laughs> Fried. Is that, that four-game stretch in October, as you said. Indiana, Rutgers, Purdue, and Illinois. Four teams that should be beatable. And you really need to go 3-1 and one in that stretch if you want to make a bowl game. Uh, I don't want to, to, to pencil in wins this far ahead of the season, but I'm going to do it when you look at North Dakota and Georgia Southern. Both of those games should be wins. Based even on Nebraska's history under Scott Frost and how they perform against those non-conference teams. It could be ugly, whatever. As long as Nebraska gets those wins, all that matters, and I think they should. So if you can go get three out of four against Indiana, Rutgers, Purdue, and Illinois, that means you need to get one win out of Northwestern, Oklahoma, Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Iowa. You have six chances to get one win to get bowl eligible. So that's where the season's going to be made or lost is that four-game stretch in October. The uh, national news today is about Mike Tyson and what not to do to Mike Tyson if you're riding uh, from San Francisco to Florida, and that is don't overorder and think your boys and get a selfie and then wear him out to the point where it's real life Mike Tyson's punch out. Did you see that on TMZ? Yes. Where Tyson tuned up this guy that was sitting behind him? This guy was absolutely hammered. Good for Mike Tyson. I'm not a violent guy. I don't advocate violence. And I know celebrities or, or famous people are held to a crazy different standard. But, brother, you can't wear out Mike Tyson on a cross-country flight. When he finally landed, it was, <laughs> Don King owes me money, and I'm going to Take it out on your face on top of you annoying me. I have no issue with Mike Tyson at all. And he was prophetic on Twitter. Too many people on social media, this is per Tyson, I'm paraphrasing, 
uh, are too comfortable, not thinking they won't get punched in the face. Well, yeah, finally, it had enough. We've seen it now with Will Smith and now with Mike Tyson. Too many people are forgetting the old adage, talk, you know what, get hit. Uh-huh. People seem to forget that one. I don't know why, especially when you're talking to, with Mike Tyson. Tyson's of chill. Anyone, of, of anyone, why would you be doing that with Mike Tyson? The, don't know. The, the, I mean, essentially the, the heavyweight knockout king of the last hundred years. Yeah, and with, uh, I, you know, if you, you just kind of nod at him and... How are the Tigers doing, Mike? <laughs> Say what's up. <laughs> you know? Man, I loved you in the hangover. <laughs> right. And, and if if you want a selfie with the guy, he's more than approachable that way. But don't wear him. Don't kick the back of his seat, for God's sake. Brandon Vogel's on the way. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show Podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now. And now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. Hail Varsity Radio with you on a Thursday presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Hall of Fame coach, uh, Nebraska great Tom Osborne with us at five day by day. That documentary drops mid-May. And uh, his uh, take on things. So that's uh, on the way. Also, Coach Barnett. We say hi to Brandon Vogel, managing editor, alvarsity.com and magazine at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Vogues, what do you know? How's your week? Y'all are doing pretty well. I mean, based on that upcoming guest list on today's show, I, I, can't, I can't say that I have won any college football games. But I can say that I haven't lost any. So, you know, who's to say who's in the lead? No, you're good. You're you're all good. And, you know, I want to start off with Casey Rogers, his uh, thanks for everything uh, tweet earlier today. Uh, This was kind of a bombshell. Maybe I overreacted a little bit yesterday with just numbers and starts and productivity. But I'm also looking at what's back aside from Ty Robinson, bud, and you know, I just like, man, this isn't this isn't good for Nebraska. Now, maybe uh, Stephon Wynn out of Alabama eases things there if Nebraska can get him. Maybe uh, O'Shawn Mathis eases things if you're Nebraska. But, man, uh, you just didn't know that a guy like Rodgers would, would be moving on. No, you didn't. And, I mean, however however you want to cut it, he's a guy that you would have projected to start for Nebraska in the fall. And now he's no longer here. So that's, that's kind of the immediate reality of the situation, though. As we get further into kind of this era, the transfer portal era, I find myself, at least personally, kind of thinking more like a, like a coach uh, in, in terms of, okay, yesterday we had that guy, today we don't, and tomorrow we will not. So this is just a new reality. So, like, what do you do? Um, and, well, obviously I think you 
maybe look a little harder at the transfer portal, but it just, it, I think it's just kind of the nature of the game at this point. So in terms of me projecting Nebraska to, to 2022, losing a guy like Casey Rogers certainly doesn't make me feel better about the Huskers, but it also doesn't drastically change things for me either because it's like, you got a long time until then. However you are playing in August, September, October is, is what defines you. And, and they've got a little bit of time at least to, to figure that out. Goes into the mailbag question when it comes to the opener against Northwestern and uh, the fan psyche where Nebraska fans are at. Vogues, what, what has the feedback been for you with fans when it comes to magazine website as far as the anticipation for 2022 and how dire is Ireland <laughs> that last Saturday in in uh, in August for 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 the fan base and how how big of a an issue would it be to start out 0 and 1 for another August? It, it it would be pretty tough. Um, I I think optimism for the season, which optimism is naturally going to rise during the off season. It's just how it goes. People want to feel good about their team and kind of see their team in the best possible light before we know anything else. So that's, that's just how it goes. But you know, that, that Northwestern game, it's, it's a team where they've been a lot more consistent and a lot steadier than Nebraska has been over the past four or five, four or five seasons. So you can look at it and this is how I look at it. Like, Nebraska on paper is is better than than Northwestern entering 2022, and they should be favored to win. But you're going to take this game, you're going to move it literally overseas, and it, it it feels almost like a bowl game to me in that regard. You're going to introduce all of this stuff that doesn't happen around a normal game, and when you do that, a lot of that comes down to, and it's, it's very similar for bowl games, I think, comes down to kind of like program culture and how good are you at dealing with things that you haven't planned for. And, and Nebraska hasn't been great at that of, of late. Um, and I think you see that in their, their record in one-score games. So all of that introduces a little bit more uncertainty when you look at this game that on paper – I think Nebraska should be favored fairly solidly, and so it was. It was. It was. It was pretty. I don't want to say shocking, but it definitely caught my attention that Trev Alberts kind of laid it out during the spring game. Said this first game is is vitally important. It's a game Nebraska needs to win. It's a game that Nebraska's recent results have told you that maybe this team. Is a little fragile mentally. They're a team that needs some momentum, and that's that's all fine and good. That's that's not necessarily a failing. But you're you're playing a program that very much knows what it is and knows what it wants to be versus a program that still needs to figure itself out. So, all that said, when when asked in the mailbag is. If they lose to Northwestern, is that basically the end of the season? I I don't think that's the case. It would be very bad for kind of the environment, the tenor of the discussions we will have after that game in the state of Nebraska. But (laughs) it's not their season in one game 
but it would be really, really good to to win that one. Brandon Vogel's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Brandon, if there's been anything that's been consistent about Northwestern in the Pat Fitzgerald era, it's been they usually don't string two bad seasons back-to-back next to each other. I mean, only uh, one, or excuse me, two seasons where they, they had a, a back-to-back losing seasons in both those seasons. They were 5-7 and seven and, and respectable in both of those seasons, even making up into the top 25 in that 2013 season. Uh, so m- my question to you is with what we've seen from Nebraska uh, in the Scott Frost era in game ones, it feels like the most expected thing from them is that they come out and disappoint in week one where Northwestern coming off a bad season last year, it would be expected of them to come out and have a, a better season in 2022. So does, does that put any fear into your heart for game one, knowing, well, Scott Frost in his time at Nebraska hasn't shown that he can uh, put together a, a complete game in game one? Yeah, it, it, it definitely gives me a little pause. I don't know if I would say it puts fear in my heart, but because there's, there's a couple, there's a couple of things here where Northwestern does have that track record and last year's kind of downturn for Northwestern. Now I didn't think they would probably go three and nine, but I, I didn't think they were a bowl team just based on the amount that they lost. And, and historically they have bounced back in a big way after that. Um, and I think some of that reflects the recruiting realities of Northwestern. This team strikes me as a little bit different because while one, all teams are in the transfer portal era, they lost Brandon Joseph, who is almost undoubtedly the best player that they had. He's going to play at Notre Dame, making some sort of switch at quarterback, like, there, there's enough things here to make me cautious about Northwestern in the offseason. Counterpoint to that is Nebraska has been a team where every offseason there were some good things to point to and be like, oh, this team is poised to bounce, like we expect Northwestern to do after a down season, and they haven't yet. So, so what does that mean five years in? Does it mean that there's something here going on that is preventing them from kind of the normal progression we would expect a a team or a program to take? Or is it just, uh, yeah, you called heads four times in a row and it came up tails, which, which can happen. So this, this first game in Ireland is super fascinating to me because you have all of these kind of competing interests involved in it how's your passport mine came back and it, it's a better picture than i thought i took <laughs> my passport's good um maybe because it's it's a it's a photo that's at least six or seven years old at this point so <laughs> i'll uh, <laughs> i'll take that and be like oh yeah didn't look so bad back then. Um, don't don't have to update it necessarily to to go to Ireland, which which I guess is good. But yeah, it's um, you know I, I make this I make this analogy often. It it, it feels like a bowl game to me, mm. and my approach to bowl games is who knows, kind of anything could happen there. And that, that ties back to, to, to what Trev Albers during the spring game. Like, would you want to – I mean, it's happened before. Like, there are bowl games that matter, and there are bowl games that maybe don't. But would you tie your kind of state for 2022 to a game that happens almost totally outside of anything else you're going to have to do that season? 
Man, uh, and I think a lot of the fan base is based on how last year went after Illinois. Uh, the other part of this, would you ride next to, behind, or in front of Mike Tyson cross Atlantic? <laughs> I mean, I think I think I think the choice has to be next to. Like, if you're going to, like, if you're going to assume that risk. Uh, hey, who knows what could happen here? Which, you know, isn't that different from Nebraska Northwestern in week zero? Um, you might as well get the, the full experience. Just be like, well, we've got five, six hours here. Let's, let's see if we can strike, a, strike up a conversation and, and learn what we can learn. Brandon, while, while we're talking travel and, and passports here, what's the coolest stamp you have in your passport, coolest country you've been to? Oh, I, not not many. Um, yeah, my, my my passport is not uh, extensively uh, stamped. Literally, the first the first time I left the U.S. was to go to Ireland in 2002. So, if I'm lucky enough to to make this trip with the Nebraska football team to Ireland, it'll be it'll be full of nostalgia for me for that reason. But. I've been to Germany. I've been to Italy. Um, I'll, I'll probably go with Germany um, just because I, I, I tend to favor, favor Germany over Italy. But, yeah, my, my passport is not extensively stamped, unfortunately. I'm going back to the Tyson answer, you know, based in lieu of, you know, uh, the guy who asked for it and got it behind him <laughs> from from San Francisco to Florida. Uh, that's pretty gutsy. Twelve hours later, Boke said, "Yeah, let's just sit next to him." Uh, now, you would not be uh, provoking," said Tyson. You would uh, not be saying, you know, trigger words like Robin Givens or, or Don King. So, it, so, it, so it may work out. It may work out well. Vogue's uh, no. I, I, I would at least try to establish a rapport. I'm, I'm not here to antagonize the former heavyweight champion of the world. <laughs> It's a good answer. Vogues, we'll talk uh, Saturday, and maybe the, the portal stays locked here for the next couple of days. Thanks for a few minutes. All right. Thanks, guys. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, get everything we produce 10 issues of our monthly magazine our annual football yearbook and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code gbr for ten dollars off a full year of hail varsity that's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe promo code gbr Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks to Brandon Vogel. 25 minutes away, our conversation with uh, Nebraska legend Tom Osborne. He'll uh, weigh in on the day-by-day documentary set to come out uh, in mid-May. He'd coach his thoughts on uh, some Husker football, on the portal, but also on the upcoming movie and 
uh, the, the rise is going to be part one of this documentary. So uh, thankful that coach gave us uh, some time today. Gary Barnett also next hour uh, news on the recruiting front. Malachi Coleman officially receiving an offer from Michigan today. So uh, they have been very interested. Of course, Minnesota's been very interested. Nebraska uh, all over Malachi Coleman. But, uh, yeah, you have uh, Malachi doing work moments ago in the uh, 100 meter. I saw that video. And he's just gliding to victory. Yeah, he jogs the last 50 meters and still wins it. And, yeah, like, you know, the old saying as well, you know, the uh, the throw got you by about a half a step or a step or two steps, depending on how gloriously fast or brutally slow you are out of the box to first base. I'm not talking about myself or my kid. No, not at all. But 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 old Mal had about four steps yeah. on on number two. Uh, Mickey Joseph uh, making his way through the metro earlier today. Uh, stopped by to see Nebraska commit Sam Sledge, and uh, also a uh, morning uh, check in with uh, defensive lineman Tyson Terry out of Omaha North. Good news for Nebraska basketball. Just to reset, they are able to uh, to make things happen and uh, grab uh, Jawan Gary from Alabama. Big-time defender, rebounder, occasional score, but a tough mindset. Good on Nebraska basketball there. So let's dive in. Uh, JoJo Doman, good for JoJo. A week from tonight, you'll be hearing the NFL draft on many of the Hale Varsity Radio Network stations, and uh, they'll get going day one and uh, round one next Thursday. Uh, Rounds two through three Friday, four through seven Saturday. Where's JoJo end up? Uh, That is the question. I've seen fifth round. I've seen fourth round. I've seen Detroit. I've seen San Francisco. Uh, it's anybody's guess, but JoJo's a guy that can can no doubt help out a, a defense. He's versatile. He's talented. Tough. Smart football player. So, uh, of course, Elijah, since it's uh, JoJo's name, we've been well-versed on this. But the folks on Good Morning Football, maybe not so much with, uh, you know, the background, the JoJo Doman uh, official name here and they wanted to know when it comes to my name like I look at it as my creative player avatar on Madden like I just when I when it's Jojo mode like it's go time it's it's compete it's it's war so it's kind of funny how like my name like, I kind of compartmentalize like my different personalities uh, when it's go time it's go time well put Jojo good appearance for him this morning oh yeah he was very entertaining and, and likable on the on the appearance with good morning football and i, I know from going and doing some of those uh those kfor morning shows with you schmitty that <laughs> five forty-five in the morning sometimes it's hard to put a smile on your face and act like he got energy but he did a very good job this morning uh we throw enough items at you when you do uh, graces with your <laughs> presence you snap into it real well jojo went on to talk about his time at nebraska nebraska was something that I'll cherish forever. I grew up as a man. I went from a boy to a young man who's continually going to grow. Um, the adversity that I faced there um, set me up for the rest of my life. I had really had to look in the mirror and decide between conditional or unconditional happiness. You know, am I only going to be happy when things go well in my life? 
um, winning games, winning Big Ten championships, or am I going to choose to be happy regardless of the score and continue to pour my heart and soul into this game, into the program, into the university? So that was my approach um, all six years, and it, and it served me well. Absolutely. I mean, think how miserable you could have been, and maybe you are, if, you, <laughs> if you're on the team and you go three and nine. I mean, and you it's keep it's getting, miserable enough being a fan. <laughs> and you keep getting punched in the stomach, losing by three or seven. And, man. But his approach is healthy. Mm-hmm. It's mature. And uh, he tried to, to make the best of it. And what you can control, right? is effort and intensity, and, and dude had it. And you see him get better as his time continued from freelancing maybe a bit too much in 2019 to locking down and playing great football repeatedly and with one hand against Ohio State. I mean, that, that was arguably his best game, but it was against the best competition and he was just stellar. So JoJo's relationship with his agent, unique. We talked to his dad, Craig Doman, who's also representing him. That was brought up this morning on Good Morning Football. Yeah, it's crazy that I come home and, you know, we exchange pleasantries and it's usually straight to business. And to work with my mom and dad is an unbelievable opportunity. And to one, work with people that I know have my best interests in mind and that love me beyond what happens on the football field. And then two, they know my voice, they know my aspirations, and they can represent me well. So I feel just unbelievably blessed to be in this situation. And this is a team effort from my standpoint. You're not just getting JoJo Doman, you're getting the Doman family. Well, and from a rookie year standpoint, the next question is, you know, what are the expectations for you as a rookie? He wants to, to make a squad. He wants to, uh, to contribute but the NFL is a whole different ball game. There's a lot of JoJo Domans in the NFL when it comes to athleticism and toughness and strength and versatility. I mean, that's the highest level of football there is. More from JoJo here on his expectations. I just see myself on the field making plays. Definitely a, a core teamer guy uh, who contributes on defense. Uh, initially, like on third down, I, I specialize in coverage. And I have a real good feel for man and zone coverage. So just trying to compete and make an impact right away. And then developing into whoever takes me, just developing into what they need, what they see me as. And just continuing to have that growth mindset and always getting better so that I'm a different football player a year from now than I am right now. Last thought from JoJo here. uh, The why take you, JoJo? And he had a pretty, pretty good answer. I have a championship mindset. I am championship energy, and wherever I go, I'm going to be part of bringing a championship to that city. Plain and simple. End of discussion. He wants to win, and he'll uh, do everything in his power to make it happen. Anxious to see where he goes. And I think that's a, that's a reality about Nebraska football right now, and you're going to have more guys drafted this year than you've had in past years, which is, which is good. But, brother, you got to go back to 2011. The last time Nebraska had a first-round draft pick. Uh, was that Prince? It's Prince and Mukamara. You have to go back to the Amir draft, 2015, where you had Randy go after Amir to the last time Nebraska had a second-rounder. I think Malik was a third-round guy. Mm-hmm. 
and Gary was a fifth-round guy. Even Levante David was a second-round guy. Right. He fell down to that 45 to 50 range. Mm-hmm. They were rude. I mean, we're going way, way back, but he was a second-round guy. And Nebraska would would just usually have first and second and third-round guys because of, of how they were built. We'll wind down Hour 1 at Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel. Uh, coming up 10 minutes away, Coach Tom Osbert will join us. Gary Barnett checks in to hit some college football as well. And then Danny Burke from VEASAN Sports Network, Burke's Best Bets. A lot of NBA to get into as Elijah is wishing and hoping and hoping and wishing. More praying. That his nuggets (laughs) snap out of it, do their thing. And uh, that line's interesting. We'll get Danny's perspective on it and uh, rundown on it. Reminder about buckling up. Game preparation and repetition predict success and winning drivers and vehicle passengers who always use their seatbelts will increase their survival chances if a crash should happen. Remember to always buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Last thought here on the Casey Rogers situation, Elijah. If you were to, um, to sway one way or the other, on Nebraska being able to absorb this loss with with the departure, do you read into it as maybe Nebraska's got something, dare I say, locked up on the defensive line, or was this just a pick a, again, multiple choice X Y Z reason? Okay, with two years. Been at, been at Nebraska five, injury prone, but also very productive when he did play. And what's your read? I mean, do you think Nebraska's got something rocking in the portal? Well, Husker fans on Twitter, as well as me, find the timing of the, the Alabama defensive lineman entering the transfer portal as, as somewhat interesting. It's uh, St- Stefan Wynn. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he uh, former four star guy, former four star guy, uh, started a couple games at Alabama. For the most part, was one of those those rotational guys along the D line that would come in whenever the the first stringers got tired. But uh, six foot four, over three hundred pounds, uh, respectable tackle numbers. I think he only had uh, like eight tackles last season. Um, however, as a guy who's coming in, think and about something in playing, playing behind. behind. Uh, yeah. Not terrible numbers. The, the timing was interesting. Him entering the transfer portal, I believe about an hour and a half after Casey Rogers enters the transfer portal. There's been reports out there that Nebraska has been in contact with him. Obviously, those reports are unconfirmed. You never really know in the transfer portal. But I do find that timing interesting. You go, hmm, did Nebraska get wind of this a couple of days ago? And and then it, it filtered through the team. I don't know. Um, but you would expect that Nebraska I, – I don't think that the, the defensive line – as it stands right now, is going to be what Nebraska rolls into fall camp with. By no, means. I mean, the, the, well, and again, if you're a Nebraska fan, you've got Garrett Nelson and uh, you have Caleb Tanner on the edge right now. And then you uh, you have Ty Robinson right now. And and Ty's a guy that, that got through spring healthy and uh, developed uh, even more. And he's got a year under his belt. 
is a guy that started a number of games, and he can make a jump. So, yeah, you're going to need to find somebody that you can plug and play and perform. Well, I, I feel and win win would be incredible, but it's not like guys that leave Bama are 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 out there for very long. Mm-hmm. They they even on a on a second flyby end up at pretty high level programs. Nebraska's trying to get there, but you also have some Nebraska connections now in the SEC with some of their new coaches. Coach Osborne's next. Hour two on the way. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmidt underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We uh, welcome in legendary Hall of Fame coach Tom Osborne with us, of course, teammates mentoring. Coach, uh, we'll, we'll dive into day by, day by day in just a moment. The wind has died down a little bit. I want to know if you're catching any fish. Well, I've been out a little bit. Uh, nothing exotic, uh, <laughs> but a few ponds uh, locally, and crappies are biting. Bass pretty slow yet. The water's still cold. So, yeah, I've been out a little bit. Crappie season, that, that makes me think of going crappie fishing with my grandfather. And he was out in, uh, in by McCook, and, and he caught a lot of fish uh, in his time. Any special way you prepare crappie? No, I just fillet them and uh, usually uh, fry them or bake them, either way. But they are good. Crappies are one of the better fish to eat, along with walleyes. And, and, but I, I always like trout salmon, too. So, hmm. I guess I'm kind of a fish-eating fan. So Tom Osborne's with us. Well, how do you feel as May approaches with Day by Day, the two-part documentary on Nebraska football? You've been a, been a part of it. A number of your, your players have been a part of it. Do you feel excited? What's your emotion as this thing uh, is near airing? Well, uh, you know, I've, I've done some interviews for uh, uh, Josh Davis and the folks that have put it together. I know a lot of players have, have done many, many interviews. I think they've got a good product. I can't say that I've seen every bit of it. But the main thing that I think comes across is that uh, during the era of the 90s, those players uh, have, have had thoughts and they went through experiences, many of many of which uh, I was not privy to. And so it's been kind of interesting to get their take on things and and, uh, and also maybe to see a little bit more of what their life has been like since, what they've become. So it's been interesting to me uh, to participate in the process. And I think that uh, it probably gives fans a pretty good flavor of, uh, of a lot of things that went on behind the scenes. Uh, a lot of people 
and, and of course, it's been long enough now that maybe there's a lot of people in Nebraska that aren't really aware of that area of the 90s, era of the 90s. Even those who did live through it, I think, would get a lot of insight into uh, the lives of some of the players, what they went through, and, and what their experiences were like. Tom Osborne's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, day by day. The documentary, uh, two part documentary, uh, airs. That'll air Friday, the 13th of May, uh, down at the Rococo Theater, uh, daybydaymovie.com, is where you can log on, purchase tickets to, to see. And uh, I remember seeing the uh, the trailer of it at halftime of this year's spring game, and it garnered lots of oohs and ahs from the, the 50,000-plus uh, on-site to watch uh, Nebraska's spring game just a couple weekends ago. The the first half, Coach Osborne, is titled The Rise, the build-up to, to what became the best run in college football history, 60-3. and three. From a recruiting and a development standpoint, Coach, did you think you were, were poised to, to put a pretty good run together? Well, I think a, a lot of things came together. It was uh, sort of the, the perfect storm uh, in terms of a good coaching staff that had been together a long time. And then uh, a little bit of fortuitous uh, recruiting. We had uh, Tommy Frazier being a part of that. A lot of a lot of really great players, offensive linemen like Zach Wiegert and Aaron Taylor and, and on and on. And uh, and then some, some excellent uh, running back. We had talent. And then the thing that I think may be of interest to people was that um, the, the team chemistry uh, seemed to be extraordinary. They're, the uh, players were willing to make great sacrifice and uh, and to not be egocentric. And uh, so uh, it was probably the most unified team teams that, that I ever had anything to do with. And, uh, and I'd have to say that Jack Stark, our... Uh, team sports psychologist was part of that. They created a unity council, which was helpful. We, we developed great leadership from within the team. And as a result, my, my job as a coach in some ways was easier than it ever had been uh, simply because the players really uh, took responsibility and, and accountability and kept everything going in the right direction. So they, they knew what they were about. They knew what they wanted to do. And they were willing to lay it on the line every day. And uh, so it was uh, it was a unique time and a unique period. And I think that uh, it will be of interest to a lot of fans to to kind of get more of a behind the scenes look at what what went on during that period of time. A few minutes here. Tom Osborne with us. Hale Varsity Radio Hall of Fame coach. Day by day, the movie on uh, Nebraska and the championship run coming out in May, daybyday.com is where you can log on and, and get your movie tickets. And, of course, teammates uh, mentoring uh, will get uh, there in a moment, Coach, just with all the positive impact you've had on so many kids in, uh, well, around the country, quite honestly. You mentioned selflessness and kind of that attitude. Is that, a, is that a personality trait you looked at in recruiting, or was it part of that chemistry once players got to Lincoln that, okay, this was – this was our locker room climate they bought in. Well, naturally, you, you try to, uh, in recruiting, make sure that you're not going to be recruiting uh, people that are going to be divisive. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of hard to determine. Uh, you know, you, you're not recruits individually, and, of course, they're not usually going to show all, all aspects of their personality. You, you tend to get a feel from talking to their high school coaches and, 
and maybe interacting with them a little bit in the presence of their their family. And if there would be a red flag that would uh, come up, then sometimes we would back off. But that that selection process is is really imperfect, and so recruiting is a little bit like throwing darts. <laughs> and um, I think the the main thing that had to do with team chemistry was something that developed during that period of time within the team and, and team leadership and. Uh, we uh, we had some uh, some guys that uh, weren't gonna weren't gonna let things slip, and uh, probably a pretty good example of that was uh, I remember in nineteen ninety six we had what was a bad <laughs> it wasn't a bad year we were eleven and two and we won the Orange Bowl, but uh, at Grant Wistrom and Jason Peter. Both appeared to be first-round picks in the NFL, and they came in to, to see me at the end of that season, and uh, he said, uh, and, I, and I thought they were going to tell me they were going to declare for the draft, and uh, they said, well, you know, coach, we lost two games this year. And I said, yeah, I, I remember that. And uh, they said, well, uh, we didn't think that was very good. And I said, well, I, I agree. And they said, we're gonna we're gonna come back and uh, we're gonna win them all. And uh, and so it was uh, that kind of attitude that uh, those guys uh, could have been hurt as seniors and never played again. And uh, but uh, as it was, uh, they they came back and they were really instrumental in providing leadership uh, for that team and. 1997, we did go undefeated, and we did end up tying for the national championship. But without those two guys and without the attitude that they displayed, uh, probably uh, would would not have been the same team. And uh, and so it wasn't just uh, Jason and Grant; it was a lot of other players that really had a similar attitude. And uh, and that's kind of rare. And today, uh, in today's game of football uh, or basketball or whatever I don't think you'd see that and uh, so anyway it was uh, it was a special time and unique group of players Tom Osborne's with us Hale Varsity Radio coach if you were coaching today how would you navigate handle deal with the portal well I I really I don't know. Uh, the, uh, the difficult thing right now is you have unrestricted free agency in college uh, football, and uh, you don't have that in, in professional sports because there's a contract, and you can pretty well be assured that at least 90% of your team is going to be back next year, whereas in college sports, uh, you have absolutely no guarantee that anybody will be back the next year. And uh, so it's uh, it's got to be very uncomfortable for coaches and very hard to manage. And uh, sometimes uh, people leave really late in the process, in the recruiting process, at a time when you really can't go out and, and try to fill those scholarships that are vacated at the last minute. And uh, so it's become very chaotic. And, uh, and I think, most people in athletics realize that uh, something's going to have to change 
or, or else the instability will be pretty much overwhelming. <clears throat> the other thing that has happened, of course, is that in professional sports, you have a salary cap. So uh, each team is allowed to spend the same amount of money. And, uh, and there is no salary cap in uh, NIL. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have some teams that will uh, have NIL money that run into the 20, 30 million range. And some that maybe are not able to raise more than a million or $2 million or maybe not even that. And so you're going to have a built-in disparity in, in competitive balance. And uh, so uh, I'm not, I don't know if the NCAA will survive in, in terms of, uh, of the way things are run right now with the Power Five conferences. And uh, so anyway, there's a lot of things in flux, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. But any, any coach today has got to be very uncomfortable with the situation. Coach, uh, I thought on Coach Frost is is he's going into year five. Uh, some changes on his offensive staff as uh, you look forward to year five for for Coach Frost and a couple of names you're familiar with that, that are additions: uh, Arriola, uh, one that was at Wisconsin, uh, of course, uh, Bill Bush back in Lincoln, and and Mickey Joseph. Uh, you know, we didn't see a lot on a spring football Saturday, but some changes, and it sounds like there's some. Uh, some uh, some confidence, some optimism here for next season. Yeah, I've uh, I've had some conversation with Mickey uh, Joseph, and uh, Mickey seems to be doing an excellent job, both coaching and recruiting. Uh, Rayola, I had not known before, but I've met with him a couple times, uh, just casual conversation. But it seems like uh, he's doing really well, and that they're. Uh, Offensive line uh, did well this year, and uh, and then uh, of course uh, new a new offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. new running back coach. I don't know those guys as well, but uh, I think Scott is pleased with the changes that have occurred and feels somewhat energized. And so hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll be a, a good year coming forward. But the, the one thing that does appear obvious is that the uh, schedule is not going to be quite as difficult it doesn't mean it's easy and and you you can never take anything for granted but last year was really brutal and uh and the thing that was was kind of remarkable was there there were no blowouts uh uh, every game was competitive right up to the end of the fourth quarter and uh so that's why i thought it was really important that Scott have another year because uh, uh, the, the scoreboard, the final scoreboard and the final total of wins and losses was not what anyone would, would desire. The, the general level of play was better than what the uh, record would indicate. Coach, uh, last thought, what's happening with you and, and teammates? And uh, you had such a positive impact for so many years with uh, with kids in, in Nebraska, but also as Team H has branched out uh, around the country. And uh, I know it's near and dear to your heart. Well, it's uh, the last uh, couple of years have been uh, difficult to navigate because of the uh, school closures mm-hmm. where 
so many kids were doing remote learning and we were able to adjust and develop a, a, a portal where uh, mentoring could occur online and then it ended up being about 60% in person and about 40% over the internet and uh, that's never quite desirable but we uh, have pretty well weathered that storm, made some adjustments and we currently have uh, right at 190 uh, school districts that we're in in five states and of course the majority in Nebraska, about a 145 uh, chapters in Nebraska, about 25 in Iowa, about 11 or 12 in Kansas, about seven or eight in South Dakota, and four in Wyoming. So we continue to grow and uh, things are, are going well. And uh, have a new uh, CEO, Des Moines Adams, who was a defensive uh, end for Nebraska back in the uh, in the early uh 2000s and he's done a great job and so uh, we think things are on a, on a very good trajectory right now coach tom osborne with us coach when you go see this movie are you going popcorn or candy or both <laughs> well i don't know i uh i'll probably just stay there and uh, i'll probably learn a lot of things that i really didn't know because uh <laughs> There will be a lot of comments come out of the players' mouths that I was not privy to. So <laughs> I'll, uh, it'll be interesting to watch. Coach, you take care. Thanks for the time today. Okay. Thanks for having me. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, think we could... Listen to the radio. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time to say hi to Gary Barnett, coach, Colorado and Northwestern. And don't let him fool you, he uh, he can putt for dough. Coach, how we doing? Oh, doing great, Chris. How, are, how about you, bud? I'm good. I'm hoping to play a little golf this weekend, coach. Uh, wind aided, of course. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay when it's behind. Actually, it's harder to play when it's behind you than when it's pinned to you, I think. So, well, have fun with all that. We've been playing in wind down here for three months almost. You uh, got any golf roadies this weekend or just the home course? Actually, I, I'm not playing this weekend. I'm going back to Boulder. Going to do. Uh, we're going to broadcast the uh, spring oh. last spring practice, okay. and I've got a wedding to go to, and then then back here. So, uh, uh, local until then. That is good. So, and I, I've got to huddle up with this. How much input do you have with the wedding gifts? Oh, no, I don't. It's way above my pay grade. <laughs> nothing. Absolutely nothing. Good. I don't even want to know. Right. You just, you just kind of, oh, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. No worries. Right? I mean, <laughs> that's, that's how we go about it. So, I'm with you. Uh, I, I let uh, my wife pick out what she thinks is appropriate, and I will... 
I will chip in. Thank you for for your help, your expertise. Uh, Let's uh, dive into the portal. And I know we hit this every week and it's exhausting, but it's not as exhausting for us as it is for coaches. Nebraska bit by the portal with Casey Rogers as we speak. Uh, I know Arkansas has already contacted him and I don't think Nebraska was surprised, but the fan base and, and maybe some teammates are. Coach, you've spent time touching on you know just all the influences student athletes have you as a coach how can you make sure your voice is what's heard most opposed to all the voices student athletes tend to hear from uh, from people who say or, or think they have their best interest in mind well that that issue in itself right there is it's never going to go away and it's always been there and it's been something that you as a coach, have to deal with constantly. I mean, for the most part, it was you'd first deal with it with a young person uh, in the recruiting process. And so who are they listening to? Who do they choose to listen to? Um, and you don't have any control over it. And then once they're there uh, and you have a young man that thinks he wants to come out early and, uh, you know, you you and intuitively know whether it's right or wrong and and so you advise him that way but and once again it comes down to who who that young person's listening to and chooses to listen to and who he's around and and that's why who you surround yourself with is so important but it's an age-old problem and it it doesn't go away it gets uh, exacerbated with this uh uh portal now and you know you got to be a little careful what you wish for because uh, fans now, a lot of fans, most fans have agreed that a young person should be able to leave a school, especially if his coach leaves, or if he wants to change and get a different environment. You know, I think, I, I bet you more than 70% of the people, if you were to, to poll them three years ago about all this, they would say, yeah, you ought to be able to leave. Well, now he can leave. Well, now, guess what? Your best players or your favorites, they're leaving. And so it's it's just it's just a, a vicious circle, and there's no way to control it. But it literally does come down to um, who young people choose to listen to, and whether it's former coaches, whether it's coach from somewhere else, if it's their buddies, uh, you never know who it is. But uh, you know, once once they let that in and buy into whatever whoever's you know giving them aid as they see it or help um i mean that's who they're going to listen to they're very very easily influenced gary barnett that's why they're young people that's right they're the experience the life experience and the maturity uh not always there gary barnett with us coach the athletic uh, has done a profile this offseason on college football programs trying to kind of return to glory, the best way to put it. Uh, Nebraska featured by a friend of mine, uh, Mitch Sherman, and Stuart Mandel uh, dove into the Buffs. And I know the Buffs are, are working on trying to, to stabilize. I mean, I, I remember when you guys were finishing top five, top ten repeatedly. And I also have a pretty good grasp on how hard y'all worked to, to get to that level with when, when Coach Mack took over in the early 80s. Uh, what do you think of uh, the write-up on Colorado and, and where they're at right now? Well, I, you know, I, it's funny. Uh, my friend Bob Churchich, of course, mm-hmm. great Nebraska Hall of Famer, uh, after reading the Buffs article and the, and the 
Nebraska or locally, he just he texts me and says, "Well, it looks like we got similar problems," <laughs> and uh, and and I think to some extent that that's true. I think there's a little bit more tradition in the Nebraska uh, side of it than there is Colorado. I mean, Colorado had a, we had a great tradition starting in in the late '80s and went through like '94 or so, mm-hmm. and uh, but. That's not a real long period of time. When you look at Nebraska's reign of of uh, dominance, it's it's for a much longer period of time. There's a lot more people that are aware of Nebraska's dominance than aware of Colorado's. I I read some comments uh, after uh, at the end of that article by people who respond, and it's funny how many people said, "I had no idea they were that good," because they're young people now. They you know, and and uh, 15 years ago we. 20 years ago, we weren't any good. So when you were forming your opinion about uh, college football teams and powerhouses over the last 20 years, you wouldn't have included Colorado. So it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's a complicated, like the article said, it's a complicated job at Colorado, complicated situation. Um, it, and it's never one thing. It's always a mix. And it, it, it speaks to why and how you cannot create a level playing field in college football mm-hmm. because there are inherent problems and advantages as to where you're located, what's your, uh, and that, that has more to do with recruiting bases and players and how important football is in whichever part of the country mm-hmm. your, your school is positioned. Advantages, disadvantages have to do with admission standards sometimes. So, and that one can't be dictated to schools. Each school is entitled to their own, and they're not their own uh, admission standards, and they're not going to change based on somebody wanting to level the playing field for athletes, and they shouldn't change. So it's I, I you know it's just a long, complicated problem, and uh, you know it's going to ebb and flow. There's one of these teams is going to rise up, and now somebody else is going to fall off. But I think. Year in and year out, the ones who have the best chance are the ones who are located near um, impassioned fan bases and near uh, recruiting bases. And the, those teams, I think, have the greatest chance of surviving and being dominant and being consistent over the years. Coach, how long would the, the buff bandwagon stay full when when you guys were doing well? What I mean by that is... All right, you're winning, and folks would would hang on, and, and may may stick with you through some tough times. Was that an issue? Well, it it was, but you know, Chris, in 1994, uh, we were ten and nine and one, or ten and one, and um, we had just lost to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. We had uh, a young man that was about to break the rushing record and become the Heisman Award winner. And it was our last game of the year, and we had 40,000 people in a stadium that seats 52. Jeez. You and know. You're number three in the country. To me, that's, that says it all. And it was, that, was, that was sort of a nail into the decision for Coach McCartney as well, I think. Uh, and I'm speaking uh, for him here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's one of the things that played into maybe it's time to just drop this thing. But, um so that's the kind of thing that makes Colorado more complicated, maybe more difficult, however you choose to look at that. 
And uh, every place has those, but that that was ours. Coach Gary Barnett with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, one thing that wasn't difficult was was talent acquisition. At least the, you made it look easy with some of the players that came through Colorado. Uh, let's talk Tommy Frazier and how he was going to be a buff before uh, he became a Husker. Well, at the t- you know, at the time, this was 1991, and, um, you know, we – we were uh, uh, we tied Nebraska for the Big Big Eight championship mm-hmm. that year, and, uh, and we had a I think it was a nineteen nineteen or seventeen seventeen tie in Boulder in seventeen degree weather. But um, <laughs> so we were running the same similar kind of offenses and chasing the same kind of guys: Darian Hagens of the world, Cordell Stewart's, and Tommy Frazier's, and so. Um, Sometimes you don't have all the information you really need, and so we've been recruiting. Les Steckel been recruiting Tommy Frazier, and and I had evaluated Tommy and and decided he was our number one guy. And um, I'll be darned if we don't get him on campus. And and Tommy's impressed, and Les had done a great job recruiting him. And um, you know, we we uh, he tells us that he thinks he wants wants to come to Colorado so we go in to tell Coach McCartney and he says well there's been a change and I've decided to go in a different way offensively well we didn't get that word oh no <laughs> you know, we, that word didn't get passed down to Les and I that we were going to go uh, or that he made it he'd already decided on taking somebody and didn't tell us and it was more in line with the kind of offense he wanted to go to now, Tommy probably could have run that offense because uh, he could do about anything. But, um, you know, it, that's uh, whether Tommy would have ended up at Colorado or not, who knows. But he certainly was leaning in a direction where we thought he was going to come to Colorado. So then all of a sudden, we Les had to go have a discussion with Tommy and saying, this may not work like we thought it was going to. And. There you go. So that's how that's how history gets changed and made. Gary Barnett. So official visit. I want to commit. Oh, we're switching offenses, and you guys don't know about it, man. Mm-hmm. How did Tommy take yeah. the uh, the news? Well, i i didn't make i I didn't sit in with him. Mm. Uh, you know, directly. I I know that he just pretty much said, well, I'm going to go to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was, uh, like I said, whether we we would have won that decision, who knows, it seemed that way to us. But, mm-hmm. you know, it may have seemed that way to Nebraska coaches too. Did you say, Coach Mack, uh, we got a good one here? <laughs> you sure? <laughs> <laughs> no, when you're around Mack long enough, you, you know, uh, you know, this isn't worth <laughs> this isn't going to work. Gotcha. When he made his mind up, he made his mind up. Gary Barnett with us. Coach, we'll get caught up again. Fun to sit down, uh, and thanks for the time today. And play some golf and enjoy uh, enjoy that wedding. We'll do it. Thanks, Chris. Great being with you. 
Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for Burke's Best Bets. Danny Burke with us, proud of Chicago, VEASAN Sports Network. And, of course, uh, Danny Burke Podcast. Daddy, uh, you still smiling about your bowls, my friend? Man, I am just in disbelief. I, you know, it's funny. So I faded the bowls in a sense because I bet this series to go under five and a half games, and that was with the assumption the Bucks would win in a sweep or in five. Now, granted, they could still win in five. But, I mean, how do I not root for the Bulls at this point? And, and honestly, you could kind of call it a happiness hedge, right? Like, if the Bucks ended up winning that, I'd win money. But if the Bulls somehow win, then I'm obviously happy. Of course, there's a scenario where the Bulls, uh, you know, or, or the Bucks win in like six or seven, and that would just be a nightmare, and that's probably what's going to happen. But, no, man, I, I'm ecstatic. I didn't think they would respond that way. I saw game one was the one they had to capitalize on. But obviously, the turnovers and the ability for the Bulls to finally knock down open threes was the difference maker. And I can't believe the resilience they displayed out there. I'm proud as a Bulls fan, man. That was a great win, despite how bad the refs were. They held on. And, well, look, now the series absolutely live, considering Chris Middleton could miss the remainder of it based on his diagnosis today. So we'll see. Daddy, let's uh, fast forward to tonight. And, well, pause that for a second shocked at kd and Kyrie's second half that's that's oh a that's goodness. that's just nuts with how things were going and how things ended for for uh, for brooklyn i was heading over to a buddy's place last night to watch the bucks and the bulls game and i'm like looking at the scores i'm leaving i'm like all right the nets you know they're up double digits they got it it's all good i figured you know they'll make you competitive i figured maybe they cover but uh you know if they win okay so be it and then I look back, and then we get there. He's got the game on, and they're trailing. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And I go on Twitter, and everybody's just roasting Steve Nash because he's making no adjustments whatsoever, and it's really just, hey, give it to KD, give it to Kyrie, and, well, see what happens. And I guess when you have that offense, you know, that's what you're supposed to do, but it's very, very similar to what the Bulls had done for so long with DeRozan and Levine. All right, give it to one of those two guys, play ISO, and hope for the best. Well, that's not going to get you a win against a complete team and a really defensive-oriented team like the Boston Celtics. But, man, that was just bad. I mean, at this point, look, you think Brooklyn should be able to at least snag one game at home, but for the remainder of the series, I don't trust Brooklyn playing in, 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 uh, in Boston at this point. So maybe I'd look to bet them game three. But aside from that, man, this, team, this team's a mess, kind of. And it's funny saying that when you have two guys like KD and Kyrie, but that's the truth. They have no depth. They have no defense. And Steve Nash doesn't know what the hell he's doing aside from that. So I didn't really think it was their year this year. Uh, but I guess we have Ben Simmons to come back to look forward to, so that'll be entertaining in the meantime. Danny Burks with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Danny, let's move to tonight's slate of games. And 
I, I'm going to get to the, the Nuggets and Warriors here in just a second. Uh, but first, let's start off with uh, the first game of the evening, the 6:30 game between the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves, where the Grizzlies are only a two-point favorite. Yeah, so this one opened up with Memphis as high as like two and a half. I saw it go as low as one and a half. But like you said, I mean, some shops have it around two or so. So it seems like the market's showing a little bit of love to the Timberwolves in this spot. And I kind of agree with that. You know, game two, Memphis really made some good adjustments. They kind of went with a small ball lineup after uh, Stephen Adams got a little bit of foul trouble and it proved to do wonders for this team. So will they rely on that consistently in game three? That's going to be the big question. But I still think the argument can absolutely be made that, you know, these teams are very similar on paper. And you could argue that Minnesota has, like, the second and third best players. So you get, like, John Morant, and then obviously you have Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns. And Memphis has a really deep and complete team, don't get me wrong. They got a lot of a lot, a lot of uh, role, role guys, excuse me. But, you know, Minnesota's just as deep, and he can't forget Pat Beverly bringing the impact defensively. With that Minnesota crowd behind him, man, I, I kind of give the edge to the Timberwolves in this game to bounce back, and I don't hate the idea of seeing some value if you want to bet the series price now on the Timberwolves because I did expect the Grizzlies to win that last game. I didn't think it'd be a clobbering like that. But we were talking about it on the show, and I was like, all right, everybody's overreacting, saying the Timberwolves could win this series. Well, why don't you wait till after game two if they lose then jump back in on Minnesota to where you'll get a better plus price with them to win the series. And then if you still like them, then you could approach it that way. So I kind of like Minnesota to bounce back, and I wouldn't be shocked if they do win this series. So that's the way I would look at it. Danny Burke with us, VEASAN Sports Network, Rush Hour, his show, syndicated nationally at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. So with uh, the Mavs and the Jazz tied at 1, too steep a number, minus eight for Utah at home, or do you love that? Oh, man, this Utah team is arguably the most frustrating team in the NBA. I mean, blown lead after blown lead. They can't take advantage of two dubs without Luka Doncic in the mix. Our guy, Jalen Brents, I say our guy because he went to a local high school around here, but he went <laughs> off for, what, 40-something points? And, man, it's just incredible. But, look, it's not shocking at this point to see Utah falter like that. You know, Schmitty, I think some books for the overall series still have the Mavericks at like 2-1, to one, and Luka could come back to the series. I guess I don't know his status for this game. But, um, you know, look, if anything, I would look to bet not only the Mavericks for the series because of the price, but honestly, I would take the points. Now, again, it's not something that, that I'm betting per se because going to Salt Lake City is a completely different animal. We're all aware of that. And, you know, they got a great home court environment, and I don't want to lay points with Utah. I just can't trust it. So I'd only be looking at props or to be taking the points with the Mavericks. Danny, let's move on to the nightcap tonight. And as much as it pains me to say it, I think the Warriors as a two-and-a-half-point favorite over the Nuggets just seems like an absolute lock. <laughs> it's a low number. Yeah, and, it, <laughs> <laughs> and look, it scares me because everybody's thinking that same thing. So when everybody's in one way, it typically happens the opposite, but I'm actually in agreement with you. And I was talking to uh, a guy that works with us who does a lot of work out in Denver. He's the host of the Denver City Cast, like I am for the Chicago one, and we had him on, and I'm like, man, I mean, this number seems like really low. I, I, do you give that much home court advantage to your Nuggets? He's like, honestly, I'm kind of shocked myself. He's like, yeah, if there's a game that they can get, of course, it's got to be this one, but, you know, that Nuggets team, not only did they lose in an impressive fashion, but they were just completely rattled and flustered last game. I mean, Jokic getting ejected and 
just everything that was occurring and the fact that you got this Warriors team that's looking almost, you know, even more dominant than when they originally had the Splash Brothers because now you got Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins in the mix. I don't know how the Nuggets are stopping them defensively and more importantly, how the hell is Denver going to keep up offensively? There is no second option aside from Jokic right now. Elijah and I were joking what uh, Monte Morris or Will Barton's the second leading scorer at that point. If you said that for any other team or any other year, you'd be like, what the hell? How's that team in the, uh, the postseason? <laughs> but somehow they find themselves there because of what Jokic was able to do during the regular season. They can't win a game if Aaron Gordon isn't stepping up. This guy has absolutely stunk it up. Look to fade his points prop. It was at 15 and a half with the last game. He got like seven points. He's averaging like eight in a span of five games against the Warriors. So I got no faith he goes over it. But if he does, then maybe the Nuggets have a chance. I bet the Warriors on the money line minus 130. If it's a short spread, I always lay a little bit more on the money line for the extra security. No reason to sweat out the random jump shots at the end of the game, buzzer beaters or the missed free throws. So I'm just laying a buck 30 with the Warriors. Not shocked at all if they sweep this series. Danny, last thought here before we get you out. About 15 seconds. Is there cause for concern with the Suns with Devin Booker's injury? A little bit, right? I mean, if Brandon Ingram's playing the way he is and you actually get a rowdy crowd in New Orleans, not that there has been, I would not be shocked to see them lose. I'd still look to bet Phoenix overall in the series if they lose the next game. But, man, I mean, the Pelicans are pretty deep with that new team, so it would not shock me. Danny, be good. Thanks for the insight. Hey, thanks, guys. Take care. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code gbr miss us come here brother give me a hug bring it in for the real thing we're on call for you catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com the espn lincoln app or download them on itunes saddle up partner back to hail varsity radio One final time. Good stuff today. Big thanks to Coach Tom Osborne, Gary Barnett, Brandon Vogel, Danny Burke for joining us. Get the podcast. Subscribe. Give us a review. We appreciate good, bad, or ugly. You can uh, log on and uh, do so. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Just search and subscribe. Hail Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And uh, SoundCloud will be up. Also, we'll post on uh, ESPN Lincoln those full interviews coming up uh, here in the next hour or so. If you want to catch those, ESPN Lincoln On Demand, ESPNLincoln.com is where you can go for those. So plenty to get to. What are you planning tomorrow? I have uh, my cousin Jeremy's wedding. We're so excited for him and his lovely wife. They're getting married. It's at a golf uh, course which is going to be sweet. I'm still working to try and get nine in before the wedding. (laughs) So that's, I I have to take a breather. The wedding starts at six, so got to be gone. I don't like being gone, but I will be. You and I will see each other tomorrow morning at uh, KFOR in Lincoln. We'll rock that. And then it's, it's your party, baby. You and Connor. 
Mm, yeah. Uh, Jello shots and. Oh <laughs> uh, well, uh, as always on Fridays, uh, we're going to be talking with uh, Bill Dolman leading off hour two. Also out to uh, Steve Mark as well as Jacob Padilla. I think uh, that could be the three. That's well, the trifecta right get, there. Got to get the final confirmation. But with uh, with Steve, want to talk some Casey Rogers. With Jacob, want to talk about the new addition for Husker basketball and. To give him his his, uh, his fair due, we talked about Austin Allen. We talked actually with Austin Allen on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Today we discussed JoJo Doman. If you follow me on Twitter, you saw I just posted a, a video of an NFL draft expert breaking down uh, some Cam Jurgens. Why don't you tape. call Cam up? So get him we'll, on tomorrow. We'll see about that. I'm, we're at least going to give Cam Jurgens some uh, some air time tomorrow sure. and, and discuss his uh, draft prospects. As we're now six days from the NFL draft, but uh, I want to discuss a little bit about uh, Cam Jurgens tomorrow. So that's what I got on deck tomorrow. Me and Connor are going to be rocking the show four to six. Kent emails in chris at hailvarsity.com. Wind gusts tomorrow, 40 to 50 miles per hour. Your game will be fine. <laughs> Just keep them low. Keep it out of the wind. You swing easy when it's breezy. That's, that's my plan. I've been trying to find folks to golf Saturday, and they're like, dude, it's going to be windy. What are you, what are you doing? Yeah, I don't care. I might care. Spring in Nebraska. What do you expect? I might. I, I'm just glad it's sunny and nice out. I head off to Sherman Field here shortly. As a junior, he's probably hacked off one of his coaches by now, so he's probably running foul poles hmm. instead of warming up. Well, you should hope that the rain in the forecast holds off until uh, after the game. That'll be yeah, good. Yeah, that'd be good. And see, he's a he's a righty, so hope the wind is blowing out to left this afternoon. I just want him to make contact tonight. Well, if he makes contact, I think he's probably going out with the wind we've been seeing this past week. The old Waveland Avenue boost, which should be good. Good luck to your Nuggets tonight. Oh, uh, they'll need it. They will need it. I mean, they, Jokic, if he can put up a 30-point triple-double and you can get double-digit scoring from, you'd probably need two other guys in that lineup, probably Aaron Gordon, maybe Bones Highland, Monte Morris. If you can get a 30-point triple-double and two other guys in, in double figures, you give yourself a decent shot at altitude. A decent shot to cover a two-and-a-half-point spread. Gordon was a lot better doing his thing with the Rockets. He's been all right in Denver this year, but with this series against the Warriors, he's been matched up against Draymond Green, and that's been just uh, – he's been in hell. Check the podcast, uh, Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks to Coach Osborne again for today. Talk to you on Saturday. A Huda Media Production.